You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. and welcome back to Fan Critical's coverage of The Walking Dead. This week it's Season 9, Episode 5, What Comes After, directed by my favourite, Greg Nicotero. Well, a lot of stuff comes after, doesn't it? Well, a lot of it this does. This is yeah. a, a triple... Whammy. Whammy. Triple whammy. Um, but, I mean, what an episode, man. We've been waiting for this for quite a while and we've got a lot to digest from this 47-minute episode. So, um, without further ado, should we just crack on? Let's crack on. Let's, Let's crack on. There's no, there's no John, though, is there? No. So, I'm just joined by Len, our comic reader and resident hype man. Um, probably quite justifiably this week, I hope. Yeah, yeah, definitely so. I think John will also be buzzing because he correctly predicted the situation that would unfold. Not in the intricate details of what would happen, but he predicted that we were all being fooled by all the spoilers and everything, that Rick was going to die, and he was adamant that he would live. So, John, well done. Uh, you called Carl's death last year, and you called this one. So, good job. Oh, I wasn't going to give him credit for that, but you've done it now. Sometimes so. you have to give him credit, otherwise he just complains yeah. more than he usually does. That is true. There's no need to make our lives any harder than they already are. But, um, well, I'm your host, Emma. I knew there was a reason I stuck around for uh, for this season. It's um, certainly shaping up to be a corker. Yeah, much better. Much, much better. Much better. So before we start the podcast discussion, here is a spoiler warning. We will be discussing events and characters up to and including Season 9, Episode 5 including the post-credits teaser and we'll be talking about storylines and characters from the comics in Comic Corner at the end but do not worry if you want to avoid those comic spoilers you can just switch off when we get there we'll give you ample warning and there'll even be a musical interlude so let's kick off with overall thoughts on the episodes and I'm going to take this one you go ahead. You are the host. I'm going to go first. Direct away. Yeah. Uh, so as well as uh, giving you my thoughts, I'm also going to give you my blueberry score and explain how that works. Um, so despite a couple of very minor shaky elements in this episode, this blew me away. There, there were tears, there were shock, horror. And for the first time in a really long time, I had an absolutely desperate need to talk about this episode immediately after I watched it um so for me it delivered 100% on all fronts I've not watched an episode of Walking Dead that made me feel like this like excited intrigued really excited for the next episode in a really long time Blueberry scores it's a very simple scale it's rated on a score of zero to five blueberries. There can be no halves, so it is harsh but fair. Cannot half a blueberry. You cannot half a blueberry. Well, you could, but it'd be bloody pointless. Yeah, 
so we're not going. It's not worth it. Uh, So I think this might be an all-time first for me, but this episode scores a uh, very juicy five out of five blueberries. Five blueberries, wow. I mean, that's... um... That's pretty impressive, um, I have to say. A Walking Dead episode getting a five blueberry score yeah. is a monumentous occasion. But outstanding, I thought, this episode. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Lem, we've been waiting for this for a while. Did it live up to your expectations? What do you think? I was on an emotional roller coaster this episode. Mm-hmm. Seeing old characters again, um, you know, and the way that they handled that and Rick's sort of journey through his injury and like fading in and out of consciousness and then telling him to wake up is obviously a thing that's been done through a lot of, you know, drama. It's not something new. It's not something that, no. you know, and we knew this was coming, something like this was coming. But it worked. It worked on every level because... The thing that they've done well this season is they've referred back to other seasons. We're getting callbacks to Glenn. We're getting callbacks to Shane. We're getting callbacks to Herschel and all these influencers that, you know, have influenced Rick throughout his journey to make him into the de facto leader of our group. And one, you know, the best leader that we could possibly have at this point, Um, someone who has been to the dark side and back again. So it really worked for me. And I loved everything about the episode, to be honest with you. The best part of the episode is the fact that we've got a massive time jump. Yeah, which my best part of the episode is that set of post-credit scenes, which is exactly the same thing. I mean, ultimately, fantastic. And it's something that I was annoyed about when this, this season started, that we were not getting a significant time jump. In the comics, I believe it's like five years mm. is the time jump that you initially get when after All Out War and Negan's uh, defeating Negan and, 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 you know, imprisoning him. So to get this now, which seems like another six years potentially or even more, is excellent. And I was buzzing when I saw the Judith reveal, I have to say. Oh, and I mean, and I've got to say, I'll shout out, you know, a mate of mine and I were chatting about this this afternoon. Yeah. They've nailed the casting of, of older Judith here, like so similar to Carl. And we'll come on to it in the main cast, but a lot of my fears might be allayed by that, just that decision that they've mm. made there. So for me, just because Rick is my favourite character. Um, Rick is your homeboy. He, I literally, me and John, you know, we've been very sceptical of the fact that the show could not survive without this man, mainly because he's a fantastic actor, Andrew Lincoln, and secondly, because he's such an integral character. He is the, you know, him and Carl were the heartbeat of the show. If you've taken Carl away, you know, and you take Rick away, it's a completely different animal or beast. And I just think the decision not to kill him ultimately is the correct one. I'm not thrilled with it in the episode because it really sort of, like mm. stretches believability once again but because he's alive and he's my boy I'm giving this a five blueberries as well oh full scores from the whole I'm team I'm giving it a five and if I, I, we honestly don't know what John thinks of the episode yet so we'll let you know next week I'm sure he'll be back next week and he'll let you know what he thinks of this episode but I think it'll be a high score from John as well yeah definitely a high score it's got to be up there in the uh, the upper echelons wow I can't believe we've just given it a total five out of five I know blown away I know and well done to uh, the whole team this year behind it the showrunners uh, Angela Kang um, even people like Greg Nicotero who directed this episode definitely improve yeah. a, a massive improvement on last season there are a lot of podcasts uh, and reviewers who stopped reviewing this show much like the viewing figures, they just gave up on it because they, you know, they didn't see. And let's face it, last season was not great at all. But for everyone that stuck with the show, I think you're being vindicated right now because I think they've they really stepped up their game. The writing's tighter, the directing's tighter, 
the effects, the emotional impact of, say, this episode is is on point, whereas last season, even though it was supposed to be super emotional, it de- didn't necessarily hit those marks very often. No. So I think you're being rewarded now. Let's hope these next three episodes, to finish up to the mid-season, which is going to have the massive time jump, will hopefully show the characters in a completely different light. And that is going to be fascinating leading up to the Whisperer War. Well, let's uh, let's crack on and talk about this episode, and then I think probably after that we'll have a chat about what we think is coming next. Mm. Sorry to interrupt your enjoyment of this podcast, but this is the advert section. If you're enjoying this content, we have loads of other great stuff on our fan critical channel, including our review of the new instalment of Halloween. Uh, We've also got some great content on one of our other streams, Castle Rock Critical, where we cover all things Stephen King. You can tune into our retrospective reviews of Cujo, Pet Cemetery, and Misery for our take on the books and their film adaptations. And coming up soon, we're also going to be doing The Dead Zone. So if you are enjoying this, please do subscribe and send us a review you can find us on all the major podcasting apps spotify itunes stitcher tune in etc and now back to our coverage of the walking dead <laughs> easy peasy lemon squeezy all right so um let's talk about some of the things that we uh, we liked and maybe if we can find any some some things we didn't like so much in in this episode lenot i want to start with those post credit scenes i know it doesn't make any sense but this for me was the absolutely it was a spectacular ending to this episode and it got me really got me going really excited are we talking about the introduction to magna and her group and judith yep so yeah so that i mean those post-credit scenes opened up with coming up in the next three episodes so i'll run up to the mid-season finale we got new characters we got older judith we got some kind of elven warrior carol yeah love that Eugene kicking ass. Love I that. mean, th- like the whole lot. I want to talk about all of it. So let's talk about it then. So initially in the comics, you're meant to have the six year time jump, which gives you a significant change in certain characters, mentalities and physical states and all of that sort of stuff. We yeah. didn't really get that this time around because they decided and I questioned it like throughout this uh, podcast. I've said, why is it hasn't the time jump been more? Mm. And it's clear because these five episodes uh, were like a prelude to the actual season proper, if you were, like a sort of preview, uh, just a way to get Rick away from the gang mm. to then set us up to where we should be. And I think in hindsight, actually, it was a great choice because I think if you'd have done that in the opening of season nine, as much mm. as I think you would have enjoyed it because it's quite on, a, you know, in in line with the comics, I think the majority of, of watchers and viewers would have possibly fallen off again like we had before with the whole Negan and the Bat thing and I think the way they've done it is fantastic to take us through a bit of a time jump you know get us ready to see things change and then absolutely throw it at us in episode five I mean we knew this was coming but it it surpassed all of my expectations and and now they've got the opportunity to do that kind of character aging and development and introduce the new characters that we haven't had yet apart from a couple I think they nailed it the biggest thing that they've done is, and my biggest worry uh, from the end of last season was the fact that they lost Carl, mm. um, which meant that a lot of very important story beats that revolve around him becoming, you know, learning and becoming a leader in his own right and trying to help the community and communities uh, was taken away from the show watchers because they were never going to get to see Chandler Riggs and Carl grow up even further yeah. to become like his father. What they've interestingly done here is, you know, I'll talk about the comic stuff later, but they've put Judith in Carl's place now. Yep. So, 
you know, they, she's not nowhere near as old, obviously, but she's still growing up in the zombie apocalypse, and that's fascinating. But also, and just let me clarify this one: How old was Carl supposed to be? Probably about sixteen. 16 in the comics at this point. And how old do we think Judith is at this time jump? We've I would forward. say she, I would say she's 10. I, would... so, I mean, in the, in the post-apocalyptic zombie-filled world. Mm. She, she's up. known nothing else, though. This is the thing. So she, this, this is the only world that Carl at least had some idea of what was going on in the world before the zombie mm. apocalypse. Judith, this is her life. She's, one, she's the only character that we know at this point who has literally... Her whole existence has been in the zombie apocalypse. Well, I mean, it'd be her and Baby Herschel. Exactly, Baby Herschel. Who, oh, and what's her face? Baby Gracie. Yeah. I mean, but this is a character that we're obviously going to be sticking with a lot mm. more than the others, Judith Grimes. And I'm buzzing to be I mean, introduced that, to a whole new character like that. And when she put the hat on, That intro buzzing. was amazing. Absolutely amazing. With the way she picked it up, her face, it was just, it was spot on. It, it reminded me of Chana Riggs. Yeah, exactly. When it's, he was it's, Diddy. It's the young Carl. It's like Carl in season two, season three. Um, yeah. And obviously we're going to have that whole development with Judith now, but that is interesting. And, and we even see in those preview scenes that she's having those interactions with Negan. And mm. I was worried we'd be missing out on those. But she's having those interactions with Negan. Yeah, which is exciting. And, Very and I exciting. Think that will give it an, an, a completely different spin, I think, to an extent. Because, like you said, she's not got the experience of the world before. But she could be learning that from Negan. You know, understanding what it was like before you just lived in zombie hell. Mm. Well, um, she has no dad. Like, you know, as, no far, as far as she knows Rick Grimes, everyone thinks Rick Grimes is dead. Yeah. Um, well, he's a, almost a martyr, he's, isn't he? He's a 100% martyr. So she's just got this ideology. She probably doesn't even remember Rick that much, you know, after this time jump. So no. she's got this ideology of her father. Um, she will need a father figure. And how interesting is it that, you know, she's sneaking off to have these conversations mm. with Negan, potentially, which I'm sure we'll come on to, at the, you know, in the next three episodes. But yeah. fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Because as we said, Negan and Rick, as much as they're, you know, arch enemies, they're also very similar in terms yeah. of a lot of things. And, and it's just a flip of a coin in, in terms of some of the decision making they made along the way, which turned them into yeah. who they are. Um, and Negan, you know, in this episode, and we'll come on to it, repents quite a lot. And you start to see the weight of the crimes and this lifestyle that he lived in the zombie apocalypse really catching up with him. So it's going to be fascinating. I'm buzzing for that. What about the other characters that we see in those time jump scenes? So, well, I, I think, mean, I mentioned yeah. Carol, Eugene. We've also got grown-up homicidal Henry. Yeah, it seems better. Let's, yeah. I mean, that's just we only saw a clip of him. I mean, well, I'd like to talk about Magna and the other characters uh, who Judith saves. Um, Should we save that for Comic Corner? Save that for Comic Corner, because that's okay. some good stuff. A little teaser for you there, guys. You might even want to tune in, even if you had not read the comics. Mm. One of the other things that I thought was amazing in this episode was the like pure emotion that we saw from a number of the characters. So that final mm. scene with, with Rick on the bridge and... Yeah, we'll talk about the rest of that in a bit, but Daryl fucking broke my heart, man. Well, I cried at my desk. I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. Um, I'm glad that a lot of the rumours that were circulating that it would be Daryl and Maggie who, you know, who end up being the reason for Rick's death mm. uh, didn't come true because seeing Daryl like that and Michonne going absolutely fucking oh. crazy, and it was brutal. Maggie and Carol with her as well. The whole yeah. thing was heartbreaking, but it was so well done. And, and I've got to say, they... They all played it beautifully. Um, and Andrew Lincoln, I mean, you know. He was amazing throughout this whole episode. Uh, let's, you know, talking just from the opening, 
where he uses his belt to get himself off that bar. It was, and this is the thing, it was a very visceral um, injury, this injury. Mm. Just the sound effects with it, the blood, you know, constantly. You know, I thought he was just going to die from this injury, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, how many times does he need to be stabbed, shot? You know, he is like a Superman, Mm. you know, and he's still a Superman, apparently. Am I right in thinking it's the same spot as the gunshot wound that put him in a coma? Yeah, it's the same shot as he literally gets hit in the side all the time. He was shot in season eight in the side again. So, um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But he, you know, his journey throughout this episode is a definite positive. Yeah. The callbacks to Shane, first of all, I love the Shane flashback. I love it. The uh, in the car, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, just to have, uh, first of all, he's an amazing actor to have him back, you know, interacting with Andrew Lincoln. If you yeah. go back all the way to season one when they were in the car, you know, before all this started, just to have them two back together and remember how good Shane was as a villain. And I'd forgotten actually until we saw John Benthal in the car with him how, how good an actor he is and how well he plays. And he's come, Shane. A, he's come a long way, so oh, yeah, I mean, massively. I mean, he, you know, he's in. A, a very good movie actor now. Um, so Isn't he Punisher as well. He's Punisher. He's literally like on his A game at the moment. So mm. to have him back with Andrew Lincoln and have these two fantastic actors playing off of each other, and Andrew Lincoln apologising to you know Shane for it's what almost... he did, and 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 it's just the callback. It's just the callbacks once again of saying like, "How is my daughter?" Because it's all that, you know, Rick but knows that Judith is essentially Shane's kid, probably. It is the first time, as far as I'm aware, that that has been out, like, outspokenly acknowledged. They've to- Rick's talked about it before. But never but this, honestly. But this, remember, this is Rick's imagination as well. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, we're all pretty certain it's Shane's child yeah. um, that he was raising. So, But it's just amazing to have that, the talk about the fight in the field back in season two when mm-hmm. he killed Shane um, oh, and how Shane, you know... Shane even said like things like I need that darkness in you like when you butchered you know the the cannibals in the church yeah. and when you bit that, that guy's, guy's throat out. out just you think it's just these little callbacks are what have built up to this moment and it's important that they you know and they handled it very well I yeah. liked it and I think Andrew Lincoln was spectacular throughout this whole episode um he he his drive to find his family to get there to get to the end point was just beautiful but it was so well played but actually the majority of the flashbacks you know it's like his last rites isn't it you know reliving all of the things that have made him who he is today um and, and you know that apology but also you know talking with Herschel the only thing that I didn't like mm. was the field of bodies thing with Sasha yeah it felt a bit unrealistic and I know, obviously, this is his imagination, but for me, it was just a little bit too... I mean, and this is very minor, that the whole episode was amazing, but that particular scene just felt a bit awkward. It was an interesting one because the other two had been quite um, realistic and yeah. and sort of put Rick in a situation where he, he had been before. And in the car with Shane, in the, in the barn with Herschel, the field of bodies is very sort of avant-garde. It's quite out there. Um, Almost abstract. Yeah, I don't really know what they were trying to say with that. That's the problem. And once again, the green screen and the special effects. I mean, they just need to work on that a little bit. But it it was fine. The biggest negative and riffing on what you just said for Mm. me, there should have been a Chandler Rigg flashback. 
Yeah, I was really There's no, surprised. I mean, look, you, you know, Shane, extremely important. Herschel, extremely important. I'm not knocking Sasha in any way, shape or form. But how many scenes did her and Rick really share? How much did, you know, they have this connection? Uh, mm. Chandler Rigg, to come back as Carl and then to say something emotional to, you know, he said he was looking for his family this whole time in that, well, I suppose in that's that journey. that's the point, isn't it? I guess is that, you know he's looking for his family, Carl is his family, so he can't find Carl until he gets to the end because mm. he is the end point, yeah, in a way. But we never saw him. So well, it, no, it's just, but... it, for me, that was a miss to not have Chandler Rigg in there in some form, you know. I hope that he's not hated by the, you know, Gimple and that lot because he obviously nah. fired him. So um, I'm just, you know, baffled that they didn't have that. And that's my negative because that, for me, would have really capped off on a very emotional journey. Um you know, for, for, but I for guess Rick. that was his kind of the end result he was looking for, wasn't it? So if you had it halfway through, you you could have had it towards the end. Yeah, I would have had it at the end. I would have had yeah. no Sasha, Chandler Rigg. Seriously, mm. that's what I would have. Oh been. no, I don't. I don't disagree. I think the the Sasha ep- uh, episode, the Sasha scene was unnecessary, but the rest of it was just. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I and mean, there's a beautiful moment when. Um, Rick's on the bridge and he sees everyone running towards him and then Michonne's there and like you think that isn't a flashback oh uh, my god and you know he's like I'm not you know I'm just dreaming this and, you know, do you know why I, I love you because you're a fighter now you need to wake up and then he wakes up and then he's just there on his own oh that's brutal it but was he brutal. doesn't stop and they, you know and he, even when he gets over the bridge and he realises it's going to hold and then all of a sudden, this arrow flies out of nowhere and Daryl's there. He's again, to say once again, no, no, I'm well not making done. fun of it, but yeah. once again, we've joked about it all season. That's the third time in like three episodes. In his defence, he's not on his own. Everyone's there. Yeah. And, and and you kind of think, oh, this is the point. He's going to get saved, but maybe he's had enough and he's going to just run off. But no, no, no one runs up there to get him. Well, they can't really. Well, no, I, I know that. Um, and then when, when you kept flashing to that dynamite, I just thought, I can see where this is going. This is fucking unreal. And when he when he lifted that gun to shoot the dynamite to blow the bridge up, for me that was perfect. That was exact. Whether he lived or died, that that was perfect. A perfect ending to his journey in this episode, regardless of what comes after that. Um, yeah, irony. I was in floods of tears. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'll always admit it on the podcast. No, when I'm, I was. When I'm in tears. Um, I've never gone from tears like I what like I had. Because uh, Rick is a very important character to me. You know, I read the comics and I love the show. Um, and he's my favourite character on the show. It's a bit obvious, but I love him. To go from that to utter confusion in the space of about two minutes yep. was very jarring for me. And it's the only thing that I'm buzzing that Rick is still alive. I really am. But that moment when I was very emotional watching it, it felt right. It felt okay. Mm-hmm. Like it felt okay that he was gone. You almost could have ended the episode on those scenes, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah you could have ended it there. I, I mean, mean, I'm glad they didn't. It was kind of like triple epilogue. You know, we got an epilogue and then we got another epilogue. Mm. I am ecstatic that Rick is still alive because it, it, it leaves the opportunity for him to come back. Um, but it is spect- a weird feeling, isn't it? It is a weird feeling. And I'll tell you why it's weirder. And we'll, we'll, we'll say it on the podcast now because we're here. AMC, after this episode, announced... There will be three movies starring Rick Grimes. So we know now that he isn't coming back to the show for a long time. There are three television movies coming out in the next three to three and four years of his journey away from the group now. 
and the six years, sort of the, what happened to him in this six year time time jump. Two years per movie. So, not only is Rick not leaving the show, he's now arguably doing something very adventurous for AMC in terms of these movies and taking taking the Walking Dead franchise to a new corner of the maybe the globe. The, well, it's the Rick Grimes spin-off. It literally is a Rick Grimes spin-off. Uh, and I'm sure that it will culminate at some point with him fighting to get back to Alexandria yeah. and fighting to get back to the people that he loves. But I just think there's going to be so much confrontation on the way. And they say that they're going to be shedding light on new areas of the globe of the United States potentially mm. you know there's so it is true there's a lot of stuff that they can do that we just don't know what's going on in the rest of the world so they've well, got a bit of carte blanche here he's in a helicopter too so well, that's it. even you, more opportunities exactly so you know that's a very interesting announcement from AMC and if no one knows about that announcement then do go check it out it's on all the major news outlets for TV and entertainment and stuff like that so do check it out and, and let us know your thoughts on a three a trilogy of Rick Grimes. A Rick Grimes trilogy. So like Lord of the Rings. Kind of, but I imagine far less budget. It's about to say he's the new hobo. I meant Frodo. Yes, Frodo, yeah. yes. Yeah. Rick getting saved by the helicopter, which is epilogue one, I'm gonna call it, was jarring to me because of the emotion that was just literally in the scene five seconds before it. Mm. And Seeing Daryl go off crying and, you know, everyone just lose their shit. I went from utter disbelief, the verge of tears at my desk in the office, which was not going to happen, I had to stop myself, to, like, complete shock and, like, disbelief. I think one of the guys looked over me, because I had my headset on watching it on my laptop. Um, One of the guys looked over me and was like, why is Emma making her face like a monkey? And I think I just had my mouth wide open. I had my hands on my head, like, because I just couldn't work out what was going on. And it was just, you like you say, you jumped so quickly from, like, distraught to disbelief. Yeah, I mean... And I liked it. But imagine if uh, they had saved that reveal of Rick being alive till well, maybe if it was a post credit scene for the first mid season or something. So you mm. had like three episodes of living in this doubt and then they yeah. brought him back. I think that might've been stronger personally um, to go from the extreme emotion of, you know, literally floods of tears to, and all the characters there as well to then him just being alive. I was like, yeah, that's yes. That's amazing. Cause I knew as soon as the helicopter, as soon as Jadis was there, I was like, right, he's been saved. He's yeah. been saved, is you know. But you were hinted at that from the beginning of the episode, I suppose, in hindsight, weren't you? But yeah. I wasn't. I don't think I quite believed it until it really happened. And it did happen. And John was right, which is the most agonising news we ever heard. But um, the fact that he's alive is amazing, and it's going to lead to. And I mean, I don't know how many more seasons this show can go for, but it will lead to an amazing reunion, maybe in a final season. Uh, between Rick and hopefully Michonne and Judith. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to those characters, but just think if if they were to end the show on a season where it's Rick and Michonne and Judith coming Mm. back together and forging the new society that they, at this point, will hopefully be quite far along, that will be impressive. Yeah, either that would be a beautiful ending, I think. I've got to ask... I've got to ask you, Len, and you listeners, if you've got any thoughts on this, let us know after the podcast... What I still want to know what the hell A's and B's are because if if Gabriel's an A, well, hold on because Jadis and she's back to Jadis now. Jadis yeah, yeah. thought he was a B, but then worked out that he was an A. Gabriel, you mean? Yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. And then when she called up, she said she had a B yeah. in Rick. Yeah. So I'm I'm confused. 
I have no idea and I don't have any comic knowledge on this either. But what I will say is, um, you know, save it for the movies, man. Save it for the trilogy. Is it maybe all right or broken? Well, you know, I'm not sure. But let's just say movie one of the Rick Grimes trilogy uh, is going to be about A's and B's. Better fucking explain it. It it will. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, I'm going to shout out to Nicotero. That... That zombie bridge set piece. Good. Beautiful. And what is nice about it is the fact that the bridge is so important for Rick throughout this five episode run. He sees it as the future of the communities, the trading routes. You know, he he fought so hard to get all of the groups to work together, the different communities to work together to build this bridge. And for him, it's, it's very sort of like symbolic. The end of his journey, blowing up that bridge. Uh, and saving everyone in the process, obviously. Saving the community, saving the hilltop, because that's where the herd was headed, because that led to the hilltop. Yeah. So um, very symbolic, very well done. And as I said, this five-episode run just seems like a prelude to the season proper, which is now going to yeah. begin next week. So, But they've done it incredibly well. I mean, I've got to say about that scene, there is a very strong chance with zombies on fire falling off a broken bridge and yes. looking stupid. But it did not. No, it didn't. But I think Very it was. Well I think it was helped by the emotional weight of the scene. I think it was helped by the fact that, you know yeah. you kept cutting back to the characters and they were very sad and you know uh, the, the the image of all those bodies going down the river uh, was very eerie in a way and quite quite terrifying. Mm. It reminded me of a scene from War of the Worlds where there's just loads of yeah. human bodies just floating down in the river. Very also very eerie and, and disturbing. Um, and then obviously you cut to Rick on the on the bank somehow still alive. Um, that man, he's just, he can't ever die. Indestructible. He is indestructible. He can't ever die. Seriously, like he, whatever medication he takes, just take it. Vitamins, whatever he's on, you know. I don't think he takes any vitamins. Homegrown to tomatoes. Apparently that's the way forward. Yeah. If You know, gunshots, fine. Uh, spikes through side, fine. Spike through hand last se- uh, two seasons ago, fine. Another gunshot. Another gunshot. Gunshot in the coma. Um, you know, he was beaten to death by the governor pretty much. Had yeah. broken ribs, internal bleeding. Lot of beating up. Uh, Probably you know, some flus and a couple of infections. Had everything. He Maybe is, a UTI. He's a machine. He's an absolute machine. So I respect you, Rick Grimes. And, uh, you know, keep on trucking. And keep he will be. Keep on trucking. For three more films. Oh, can minimum. you believe it? Um, I think we should probably talk a little bit about Maggie and Negan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was surprised, actually, at how this played out. So, I mean, the prelude to their conversation, I thought Maggie and Michonne, uh, you know, Lauren Cohen and uh, Dana Guerrero were, were amazing together. They played it beautifully, that debate and, you know, mother to mother wife to wife kind of thing was was just it was really well done and you know we've said about the emotion in this episode that that set a great tone um but i was surprised about negan's reaction to maggie i I didn't expect it actually i have a lot to say in comic corner on this i knew this chat was coming as did a lot of comic readers um the only issue i have with it is it's not fully earned at this moment in time okay it feels completely out of place in the comic, you get an amazing, uh, and I'll come on to it in Comic Corner more, but it just feels there's been more time f- to let people stew on decisions and make mm. the decisions that they're making. And the conversation unfolds in a very, in a more natural manner. 
um, and it's more believable. Fine, it works here, but if you knew what it could have been, then I think you'll yeah. you'll agree that it could work a lot more. I wonder if they needed to even have this this conversation now because oh, I suppose they do because Maggie's leaving the show. Yeah, they have to resolve it. They have to resolve it. Fine. So that's the reason they've done it. But I'll come on to it in Comic Corner about why it, it's more emotional potentially um, later on. I've um, from from a non comic reader perspective, I thought Jeffrey Dean Morgan he surprised me hugely range. with got him. some range. Didn't yeah, he? I mean, incredible. It was. And so unexpected, and I don't think if it had been somebody else, I would have been quite as surprised. Like, you know, we've seen Andrew Lincoln do... Blubbery. Blubbery, super emotion. All I've the time. never seen Negan that way, and he just stripped it right back to brutal human brokenness. And I, But it did shock me, and I think because I wasn't expecting it after his conversation with Michonne, that... It shocked me even more without knowing what that conversation should or, or could be from, from the comics. So Yeah, and it, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan hasn't had much to do this season, but I'm telling you now, some of the best stuff that he can do is in that cell. Um in, I'm my, excited. in my opinion. So you've already got a glimpse of it. I'm hoping we get some more of it in the next three episodes. And uh fair play to him because now he's one of the most charismatic if not the most charismatic character that we have left on the show yeah um in a full-time capacity so it's going to be really important for the show going forward that he fulfills um the void or fills the void that that rick has left now especially in terms of judith as well that's going to be fascinating yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the great thing also about those post-credit teasers is that we know we're going to get some more, you know, screen time with Jesus, Eugene. People we haven't seen much of. Yeah, you know, people that we've been missing, I think, hugely over the last few episodes and, and actually come to them at a point where they've developed and changed and had, we're talking what, like six years of... Six years, I reckon. Six years, man. Six years. It's a long time. That's as long as they've been in the zombie apocalypse. So that's double the amount of time. If double you get apocalypse. Pretty much your double zombie apocalypse, yeah. 12 years in, they're probably around about now. So I mean, that is... Mental. If you've survived that long, you're on like a level 100 RPG sort of character, fully maxed out. Like basically a god. Yeah, if you were to die after 12 years, you'd be devastated. You've made it that far. Yeah. Men- mental. Excellent. So there we have it. Uh, we've covered our favourite bits, a couple of things that we had a few niggles about, but pretty much uh, an absolute spot on episode. So now it's time to move on to Comic Corner. So before I hand the reins over to Len, if you do not want to hear any spoilers from the comics about what has happened, might happen, will happen, doesn't happen, uh, then switch off now. Otherwise, I'll hand the reins over to Len for Comic Corner. So finally, uh, we have some comic material to discuss. So obviously this whole storyline has been uh, fabricated to get Rick away from the main group, and that's absolutely fine, but some of the things uh, are definitely in the comics. Let's start off by talking about Maggie and Negan's conversation. So the big confrontation between Maggie and Negan does happen in the comics, but it is significantly later down the line. 
in the show, it's obviously only been about, I'd say at this point, 18 to 19 months. She after. specifically said 18 months. Yeah, so plus you've got to factor in the fact that Glenn was probably killed about two months before that. So you're coming up to like two years or something, right? Yeah. So there's been a lot of time. I mean, that is a long time, but in the comics, it's far more significant. Firstly, because the time jump is like going to where the show is now, we'll be yeah. like six years advanced. Secondly, um, it's like, if we're on about issue like 130-ish now, this uh, conversation happens in about issue 174. So a long time has mm. elapsed. Negan has changed as a character. He is a very deep and interesting character. He is, he helps uh, the, he helps the Alexandrians and the communities in the Whisperer War, physically helps them, like fights alongside them, defeating the Whisperers. And for that, he is exiled, never to be allowed to join the communities because that is the only solution. Rick and him have very good conversations. We're never going to get them. Such a shame. Uh, we're never going to get them. Uh, but basically, Negan lives in the wilderness on his own and Maggie hunts him down on her own. And, oh, wow. Uh, goes to kill him. And they have the, pretty much exactly the same conversation where Negan essentially tries to coax her into killing him because he just doesn't want to live anymore. I guess the impact of that is entirely different. Well, you've had... After so long. You've also had 40 to 50 issues um, since Negan's imprisonment to really sympathise with Negan. Something that was not easy to do in All Out War, especially in the comic because of his attitude. By this point, Negan is easily the strongest character in the comics. Uh to the point where every time there's a Negan issue that is released, you are buzzing. You just know you're going to get some of the best material that you're going to read. And this confrontation was exceptional in the comics. Obviously, we're not going to get it in the show, which is a devastating thing because uh, mm. it's already happened. But just a bit of context, it, it is, you know, it's a shame that it's happened this early because Negan, to be at the point where he is in this episode, doesn't necessarily feel earned. He's only been there for like, as we said, 18 months. Uh, you know, six to seven years is a far greater time. And a whole different ballgame. It is. And the things that he's, you know, the people he's talked to, the things that he's done in that time, the repenting that he's done. And he has. He, he literally uh, does become a different character. And I suppose also it's it's harder to believe his state of mind in the show after 18 months than it would be after six or seven years. Yeah. Which I think was maybe why I was surprised at his reaction to Maggie. Yeah, it is it's... surprising. I mean, yeah. in in the comic, you you know, you you kind of get the sense that he's a different person, and the fact that you've you you know you've heard his you've heard his inner monologue, you've heard his conversations with Rick, you've heard his conversations with Carl, you've mm. heard him try and you know join the communities again as as an active member, and then have to be exiled. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a change that it worked fine here, and if you didn't know the comic material. You know, uh, that's also fine. You're not going to get, you know, just to be honest with you now, this isn't really a spoiler because, you know, Maggie's leaving the show, so you're never going to get it in the future. Um, you'll never get this interaction again. So, yeah, it's a shame. Still good, but not as good as it could have been. And I think with the uh, with Lauren Cohen and Andrew Lincoln leaving, they had to do it this way to get any of it in, right? So it kind of makes sense. They had to do it. They had to do it because otherwise they would never have closure on the, the, the Glenn... Uh, and Maggie and Negan triangle of death and love and despair. Um, they would never get it. Um, and they did need it because, uh, let's face it, it, it would have been weird if Maggie just left without this being resolved. So um, it Definitely. makes sense from a production standpoint, but just saying 
would have been amazing if we got it like a season or two down the line. So at the very end of the episode, we get a massive time jump and it's the, the time jump that we all wanted. And this in the comics is how we're introduced to Alexandra in the communities after all our war. We actually open up with these characters, Magna, Yumiko, Luke, Connie and Kelly as oh. they're roaming the wilderness, uh, fighting off walkers just as they are here. And then they're saved by a group of outriders from Alexandria who see them. Uh, I believe it's like Eugene... Um, Rosita, Jesus, they like on horseback and that's when you're like, oh, it's cool. They've gone like all sort of medieval and you get the introduction to the way the community is now functioning. For a moment in the show, I thought it was all the kids growing up. I mean, hey. I was really confused. I was like, who's that? Who's that, that kid? Why have we gone so far in the future? Now, these characters are very important because um, they are coming to our group fresh and they're very sceptical and wary of the way that different groups are and as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, they have great uh, scenes with Rick and sort of the community sort of like how they're being integrate integrated into Alexandrian community and they're very skeptical of Rick and they're very skeptical of the way that they do things because they, they can't believe it's true they can't believe there's a community here where they're like they're literally gearing up for a fair they're you know like this inter-community fair and all this sort of stuff I mean exactly like Rick and everyone felt when they first met the Alexandrians in the first place exactly and they can't believe it so Baffling. we're going to get some great stuff with those guys we're going to get some great stuff with them um, but the fact that it was Judith that actually saved them and we get introduced to Judith Grimes is a massive departure from the comics, but one that hopefully will take the place of Carl now, especially wearing the hat. Very cute with the little hat on. So Very cute. Very good. Judith Grimes, I think that's a good decision from the showrunners. I think that is a great way of saving a terrible decision to kill Carl. Um, and hopefully it will you know, give us a strong female character again. Like We've yeah. got a lot of them, but... To see Judith, and and not to liken this to anyone else, but in the Telltale Walking Dead game series, which is obviously extremely popular, Clementine is an amazing character, mm. and we and she grows up in the zombie apocalypse. And I think it'll be amazing to have a character like Clementine, a female um, character, growing up uh, literally just in the zombie apocalypse. So yeah, buzzing for that. And actually, one of the things that Walking Dead does, well, the show does fantastically, is strong powerful women they don't i don't think and you know people might disagree with me but i don't think they make it trivial or all about emotion i think we have some really amazing female characters here so it's exciting to see what they do with judith yeah i think there's a lot of great female characters uh arguably the biggest leaders on the show are female characters in Mm -hmm. carol maggie michonne the comic material coming up with the whisperers is going to be great i i think people are in for a treat if they handle this well I think there's going to be some excellent set pieces. There's some terrifying villains. And overall, you know, in terms of zombie gore and walker gore, you're going to get some excellent stuff. Yay! Plus some serious deaths. So that's always fun, isn't it? When everyone dies, because there's going to be lots of them. So get ready, everybody. Has George R. R. Martin started writing on The Walking uh, Dead? Rob, Robert Kirkman is up there with George killing in terms of kill, in terms love. of killing characters. Yeah. So get ready for a major paradigm shift of power here. Uh, between uh, our group of communities and the Whisperers. So we haven't got a huge amount of time for feedback this week, but we have got a little tidbit from uh, Elizabeth, who has been uh, following our coverage since we started Season 9. She talks about, and I'm going to 
paraphrase slightly here. Uh, she talks about the comparison between Negan and Michonne after him saying that they were pretty alike. And at the end of this episode, like Negan has nothing left but Lucille, Michonne has nothing left when Rick's gone but her Katari. And, you know, she mentions, yes, there's Judith. And uh, she also says, yes, probably pregnant. Well, that's going to be interesting, isn't it, actually? Just jumping in on the pregnant uh, comment. There is scope here for, I mean, I know we didn't see it in the tease, but there is scope for a big wow moment that Definitely. Uh, Michonne has had a child in this in this time jump. They were talking about trying for a child. Mm. Now, that could just be for emotional impact, obviously, with Rick going and how it will affect Michonne going forward and what sort of mental state she's going to be in now, six years later. I think it's a really interesting idea and it hadn't occurred to me, but I think there's a, a definite possibility of that. Um, definitely. I... I I'm a betting man. I will bet that she has had a child. I, I just think, I think that would make it very strong. But then again, from a production standpoint, uh, having kid actors, like very young kid actors is tricky. Mm. And having someone like Judith around when she was a bit younger, I know probably was very tricky uh, yeah. in terms of, you know, the actual production of the show. So it it would make their lives easier if they didn't. But it would, it, you know, I I think there's definite scope there for Michonne to have had a Rick Grimes baby. Elizabeth goes on to say that she predicts Michonne is going to kill Negan with Factory sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, after this episode, I think you... I don't think that's going to happen. Because I think... Mich- I don't either. I think Michonne allowed Maggie to go and kill Negan. She literally stepped aside um, and went against Rick's wishes to let Maggie get her vengeance. Mm. Now, I don't see that that she will she will kill Negan now because no. if no, if Maggie's not got the right to kill him, I don't think that Michonne will kill him either. I also think that at this point, six years down the line, as we're talking about when we come back next week, if she was going to do it, she'd have done it before then. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. But, you know, interesting. The comparison is definitely there. You know, as you say, Elizabeth, she's lost her soulmate, same as Negan. So there's definitely some, some uh, interesting uh, parallels. And Michonne's lost a lot. Um, you know, she, yeah, I mean, you know and Rick, Rick's lost hell. a lot. Rick and Michonne have been through hell. They, you know, they've lost their essential family and they've forged a new family, as was the whole point of this episode. Rick mm. saying, like, I found my family. This is my family. Everyone mm. here is my family. And that's true for Michonne as well. And, and she needs to come to realise that. But yes, she has lost her son. She's lost Rick. Um, you know. Carl. Uh, Andrea at the start, who was like her bezzy. So uh, think all the way back to Andrea, people. Oh, man. We've got to stop and get too emotional again. Exactly. So, yeah, I, you know, I hope we get some more Michonne and Negan scenes, though. Because Michonne mm-hmm. technically is the de facto leader of Alexandria now. So that's going to be excellent to see. Ooh, we'll leave you with that little one to think about. Um, Thank you, Elizabeth, for your feedback and your suggestions. Very interesting uh, matter to ponder upon. And if anyone wants to get in touch with us, hopefully we'll have more time for feedback next week. Uh, Let us know your thoughts on Rick Grimes' departure from the show and the three movies that they've just announced. Yes, please. You can email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or reply to any of our social media posts, Instagram, is fan underscore critical twitter is at fan critical pod and uh, facebook is just fan critical search for us on there send us a message send us a post leave us a review we would really appreciate it so that's it guys that is the finishing point of our coverage of episode five um and over the next few weeks we will be talking about what comes after what what comes does come after. after what does come after what comes after because who knows good stuff 
looks like some really good stuff. I don't know about you, Len, but I am bloody excited. I am happy that we decided to cover this show this season because there was a discussion internally and we were very outwardly talking about it as well that we might not cover season nine of The Walking Dead, mainly because we're very busy uh, in terms of making other content uh, and we were worried about the quality of the show. But fears are laid. Bloody fantastic. Fears are laid. Thank God. And I'm making a bold prediction, but if they can do a good job with these next three episodes and set up the Whisperers uh, and new characters, Mm-mm-mm. we might actually have the first eight-episode run where there hasn't been a bad episode. Don't jinx it. I don't touch wood. There hasn't been a bad episode yet. I mean, there's been a, some okay episodes. Nothing bad. But nothing bad. No. So very well done to everyone. Angela Kang. Especially good, Angela. Good start. My only concern is that I have read that the three movies that are being made are being overseen by our boy Scott Gimple. Not watching that. Uh, he's writing the first one for oh sure. Oh my god! So let's hope. Uh, let's just hope that he has some other writers with him uh, that you know they can sort of rein him in a little bit because it, you know last season was bad and he. If you're going from writing that season to a movie, I'm concerned. That's all I'm going to say. For you, That's all Scott. I'm going to say. Get Kang on board. She seems to know what she's doing. Yeah, boy. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this, do subscribe. It will get downloaded straight to your device next week. Um, if not, just tune in. Uh, we'll be here the same time next week for episode six. In the meantime, as Len said, send us your feedback and your theories. You can do that over social media, email, or you know anything else like that. And all that's left now is to say thanks to Len. Thanks, Em. Uh I will not be in tears after this podcast, but I will be watching the episode several more times uh, to say goodbye to Rick Grimes. Goodbye, Rick. Uh, We'll be back with you same time next week. See you later. (laughs) 